Chapter 19 of The Italian. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marty Chris. The Italian by Anne Radcliffe. Chapter 19. And yet I fear you, for you are fatal then, when your eyes roll so. Alas, why gnaw you so your nether lip? Some bloody passion shakes your very frame. These are portents, but yet I hope, I hope they do not point on me. Shakespeare Elena was awakened from profound sleep by a loud noise at the door of her chamber when, starting from her mattress, she looked around her with surprise and dismay as imperfect recollections or the past began to gather on her mind. She distinguished the undrawing of iron bars and then the countenance of Spalatro at her door before she had a clear remembrance of her situation that she was a prisoner in a house on a lonely shore, and that this man was her jailer. Such sickness of the heart returned with these convictions, such saintness and terror, that unable to support her trembling frame, she sunk again upon the mattress without demanding the reason of this abrupt intrusion. "'I have brought you some breakfast,' said Spalatro if you are awake to take it but you seem to be asleep yet surely you have had sleep sufficient for one night you went to rest soon enough elena made no reply but deeply affected with a sense of her situation looked with beseeching eyes at the man who advanced holding forth an oaten cake and a basin of milk where shall i set them said he you must needs be glad of them since you had no supper elena thanked him and desired he would place them on the floor for there was neither table nor chair in the room as he did this she was struck with the expression of his countenance which exhibited a strange mixture of archness and malignity he seemed congratulating himself upon his ingenuity and anticipating some occasion of triumph and she was so much interested that her observation never quitted him while he remained in the room as his eyes accidentally met hers he turned them away with the abruptness of a person who is conscious of evil intentions and fears lest they should be detected nor once looked up till he hastily left the chamber when she heard the door secured as formerly the impression which his look had left on her mind so wholly engaged her in conjecture that a considerable time elapsed before she remembered that he had brought the refreshment she so much required but as she now listed it to her lips a horrible suspicion arrested her hand it was not however before she had swallowed a small quantity of the milk the look of spalatro which occasioned her surprise had accompanied the setting down of the breakfast and it occurred to her that poison was infused in this liquid she was thus compelled to refuse the sustenance which was become necessary to her for she feared to taste even the oaten cake since spalatro had offered it but the little milk she had unwarily taken was so very small that she had no apprehension concerning it the day however was passed in terror and almost in despondency she could neither doubt the purpose for which she had been brought hither nor discover any possibility of escaping from her persecutors 
yet that propensity to hope which buoys up the human heart even in the severest hours of trial sustained in some degree her fainting spirits during these miserable hours of solitude and suspense the only alleviation to her suffering arose from a belief that vivaldi was safe at least from danger though not from grief but she now understood too much of the dexterous contrivances of the marchesa his mother to think it was practicable for him to escape from her designs and again restore her to liberty all day elena either leaned against the bars of the window lost in reverie while her unconscious eyes were fixed upon the ocean whose murmurs she no longer heard or she listened for some sound from within the house that might assist her conjectures as to the number of persons below or what might be passing there the house however was profoundly still except when now and then a footstep sauntered along a distant passage or a door was heard to close but not the hum of a single voice arose from the lower rooms nor any symptom of there being more than one person beside herself in the dwelling though she had not heard her former guards depart it appeared certain that they were gone and that she was left alone in this place with spalatro what could be the purport of such a proceeding elena could not imagine if her death was designed it seemed strange that one person only should be left to the hazard of the deed when three must have rendered the completion of it certain but this surprise vanished when her suspicion of poison returned for it was probable that these men had believed their scheme to be already nearly accomplished and had abandoned her to die alone in a chamber from whence escape was impracticable leaving spalatro to dispose of her remains all the incongruities she had separately observed in their conduct seemed now to harmonize and unite in one plan and her death designed by poison and that poison to be conveyed in the disguise of nourishment appeared to have been the object of it whether it was that the strength of this conviction affected her fancy or that the cause was real elena remembering at this moment that she had tasted the milk was seized with a universal shuddering and thought she felt that the poison had been sufficiently potent to affect her even in the inconsiderable quantity she might have taken while she was thus agitated she distinguished footsteps loitering near her door and attentively listening became convinced that some person was in the corridor the steps moved softly sometimes stopping for an instant as if to allow time for listening and soon after passed away it is spalatro said elena he believes that i have taken the poison and he comes to listen for my dying groans alas he is only come somewhat too soon perhaps as this horrible supposition occurred the shuddering returned with increased violence and she sunk almost fainting on the mattress but the fit was not of long continuance when it gradually left her and recollection revived she perceived however the prudence of suffering spalatro to suppose she had taken the beverage he brought her since such belief would at least procure some delay of further schemes and every delay afforded some possibility for hope to rest upon elena therefore poured through the bars of her window the milk which she believed spalatro had designed should be fatal in its consequence 
it was evening when she again fancied footsteps were lingering near her door and the suspicion was confirmed when on turning her eyes she perceived a shade on the floor underneath it as if some person stationed without presently the shadow glided away and at the same time she distinguished departing steps treading cautiously it is he said elena he still listens for my moans this further confirmation of his designs affected her nearly as much as the first when anxiously turning her look towards the corridor the shadow again appeared beneath the door but she heard no step elena now watched it with intense solicitude and expectation fearing every instant that spalatro would conclude her doubts by entering the room and oh when he discovers that i live thought she what may i not expect during the first moments of his disappointment what less than immediate death the shadow after remaining a few minutes stationary moved a little and then glided away as before but it quickly returned and a low sound followed as of some person endeavoring to unfasten bolts without noise elena heard one bar gently withdrawn and then another she observed the door begin to move and then to give way till it gradually unclosed and the face of spalatro presented itself from behind it without immediately entering he threw a glance round the chamber as if he wished to ascertain some circumstance before he ventured further his look was more than usually haggard as it rested upon elena who apparently reposed on her mattress having gazed at her for an instant he ventured towards the bed with quick and unequal steps his countenance expressed at once impatience alarm and the consciousness of guilt when he was within a few paces elena raised herself and he started back as if a sudden spectre had crossed him the more than usual wildness and wanness of his looks and the whole of his conduct seemed to confirm all her former terrors and when he roughly asked her how she did elena had not sufficient presence of mind to answer that she was ill for some moments he regarded her with an earnest and sullen attention and then a sly glance of scrutiny which he threw round the chamber told her that he was inquiring whether she had taken the poison on perceiving that the basin was empty he lifted it from the floor and elena fancied a gleam of satisfaction passed over his visage you have had no dinner said he i forgot you but supper will be soon ready and you may walk up the beach till then if you will elena was extremely surprised and perplexed by this offer of a seeming indulgence knew not whether to accept or reject it she suspected that some treachery lurked within it the invitation appeared to be only a stratagem to lure her to destruction and she determined to decline accepting it when again she considered that to accomplish this it was not necessary to withdraw her from the chamber where she was already sufficiently in the power of her persecutors her situation could not be more desperate than it was at present and almost any change might make it less so as she descended from the corridor and passed through the lower part of the house no person appeared but her conductor and she ventured to inquire whether the men who had brought her hither were departed 
Spalatro did not return an answer, but led the way in silence to the court, and having passed the gates, he pointed toward the west, and said she might walk that way. Elena bent her course towards the many-sounding waves, followed at a short distance by Spalatro, and, wrapped in thought, pursued the windings of the shore, scarcely noticing the objects around her, till on passing the foot of a rock she lifted her eyes to the scene that unfolded beyond, and observed some huts scattered at a considerable distance, apparently the residence of fishermen. She could just distinguish the dark sails of some skiffs, turning the cliffs and entering the little bay, where the hamlet margined the beach, but though she saw the sails lowered as the boats approached the shore, they were too far off to allow the figures of the men to appear. To Elena, who had believed that no human habitation except her prison interrupted the vast solitudes of these forests and shores, the view of the huts, remote as they were, imparted a feeble hope, and even somewhat of joy. She looked back to observe whether Spalatro was near. He was already within a few paces, and casting a wistful glance forward to the remote cottages, her heart sunk again. It was a lowering evening, and the sea was dark and swelling. The screams of the sea-birds, too, as they wheeled among the clouds and sought their high nests in the rocks, seemed to indicate an approaching storm. Elena was not so wholly engaged by selfish sufferings, but that she could sympathize with those of others, and she rejoiced that the fishermen whose boats she had observed had escaped the threatening tempest, and were safely sheltered in their little homes, where, as they heard the loud waves break along the coast, they could look with keener pleasure upon the social circle and the warm comforts around them. From such considerations, however, she returned again to a sense of her own forlorn and friendless situation alas said she i have no longer a home a circle to smile welcomes upon me i have no longer even one friend to support to rescue me i a miserable wanderer on a distant shore tracked perhaps by the footsteps of the assassin who at this instant eyes his victim with silent watchfulness and awaits the moment of opportunity to sacrifice her elena shuddered as she said this and turned again to observe whether spalatro was near he was not within view and while she wondered and congratulated herself on a possibility of escaping, she perceived a monk walking silently beneath the dark rocks that overbrowed the beach. His black garments were folded around him, his face was inclined towards the ground, and he had the air of a man in deep meditation. His no doubt are worthy musings, said Elena as she observed him, with mingled hope and surprise. I may address myself without fear to one of his order. It is probably as much as his wish as it is his duty to succor the unfortunate. Who could have hoped to find on this sequestered shore so sacred a protector? His convent cannot be far off. He approached, his face still bent towards the ground, and Elena advanced slowly and with trembling steps to meet him. As he drew near, he viewed her askance without lifting his head, 
but she perceived his large eyes looking from under the shade of his cowl and the upper part of his peculiar countenances her confidence in his protection began to fail and she faltered unable to speak and scarcely daring to meet his eyes the monk stalked past her in silence the lower part of his visage still muffled in his drapery and as he passed her looked neither with curiosity nor surprise elena paused and determined when he should be at some distance to endeavour to make her way to the hamlet and throw herself upon the humanity of its inhabitants rather than solicit the pity of this forbidding stranger but in the next moment she heard a step behind her and on turning saw the monk again approaching he stalked by as before surveying her however with a sly and scrutinizing glance from the corners of his eyes his air and countenance were equally repulsive and still elena could not summon courage enough to attempt engaging his compassion but shrunk from an enemy there was something also terrific in the silent stalk of so gigantic a form it announced both power and treachery he passed slowly on to some distance and disappeared among the rocks elena turned once more with an intention of hastening towards the distant hamlet before spalatro should observe her whose strange absence she had scarcely time to wonder at but she had not proceeded far when suddenly she perceived the monk again at her shoulder she started and almost shrieked while he regarded her with more attention than before he paused a moment and seemed to hesitate after which he again passed on in silence the distress of elena increased he was gone the way she had designed to run and she feared almost equally to follow him and to return to her prison presently he turned and passed her again and elena hastened forward but when fearful of being pursued she again looked back she observed him conversing with spalatro they appeared to be in consultation while they slowly advanced till probably observing her rapid progress spalatro called on her to stop in a voice that echoed among all the rocks it was a voice which would not be disobeyed she looked hopelessly at the still distant cottages and slackened her stops presently the monk again passed before her and spalatro had again disappeared the frown with which the former now regarded elena was so terrific that she shrunk trembling back though she knew him not for her persecutor since she had never consciously seen scadoni he was agitated and his look became darker whither go you said he in a voice that was stifled by emotion who is it father that asks the question said elena endeavouring to appear composed whither go you and who are you repeated the monk more sternly i am an unhappy orphan replied elena sighing deeply if you are as your habit denotes a friend to the charities you will regard me with compassion scadoni was silent and then said who and what is it that you fear i fear even for my life replied elena with hesitation she observed a darker shade pass over his countenance for your life said he with apparent surprise who 
is there that would think it worth the taking eleanor was struck with these words poor insect added skidoni who would crush thee eleanor made no reply she remained with her eyes fixed in amazement upon his face there was something in his manner of pronouncing this yet more extraordinary than in the words themselves alarmed by his manner and awed by the increasing gloom and swelling surge that broke in the thunder on the beach she had at length turned away and again walked towards the hamlet which was yet very remote he soon overtook her when rudely seizing her arm and gazing earnestly on her face who is it that you fear said he say who that is more than i dare to say replied eleanor scarcely able to sustain herself ha is it even so said the monk with increasing emotion his visage now became so terrible that eleanor struggled to liberate her arm and supplicated that he would not detain her he was silent and still gazed upon her but his eyes when she had ceased to struggle assumed the fixed and vacant glare of a man whose thoughts have retired within themselves and who is no longer conscious to surrounding objects i beseech you to release me repeated eleanor it is late and i am far from home that is true muttered skidoni still grasping her arm and seeming to reply to his own thoughts rather than to her words that is very true the evening is closing fast continued eleanor and i shall be overtaken by the storm skidoni still mused and then muttered the storm say you why i let it come as he spoke he suffered her arm to drop but still held it and walked slowly towards the house eleanor thus compelled to accompany him and yet more alarmed both by his looks his incoherent answers and his approach to her prison renewed her supplications and her efforts for liberty in a voice of piercing distress adding i am far from home father night is coming on see how the rocks darken i am far from home and shall be waited for that is false said skidoni with emphasis and you know it to be so alas i do replied eleanor with mingled shame and grief i have no friends to wait for me what do those deserve who deliberately utter falsehoods continued the monk who deceive and slatter young men to their destruction father exclaimed the astonished eleanor who disturb the peace of families who trepan with wanton arts the heirs of noble houses who ha what do such deserve overcome with astonishment and terror eleanor remained silent she now understood that skidoni so far from being likely to prove a protector was an agent of her worst and as she had believed her only enemy and an apprehension of the immediate and terrible vengeance which such an agent seemed willing to accomplish subdued her senses she tottered and sunk upon the beach 
the weight which strained the arm skidoni held called his attention to her situation as he gazed upon her helpless and faded form he became agitated he quitted it and traversed the beach in short turns and with hasty steps came back again and bent over it his heart seemed sensible to some touch of pity at one moment he stepped towards the sea and taking water in the hollows of his hands threw it upon her face at another seeming to regret that he had done so he would stamp with sudden fury upon the shore and walk abruptly to a distance the conflict between his design and his conscience was strong or perhaps it was only between his passions he who had hitherto been insensible to every tender feeling who governed by ambition and resentment had contributed by his artful instigations to fix the baleful resolution of the marchesa di vivaldi and who was come to execute her purpose even he could not now look upon the innocent the wretched elena without yielding to the momentary weakness as he termed it of compassion while he was yet unable to baffle the new emotion by evil passions he despised that which conquered him and shall the weakness of a girl said he subdue the resolution of a man shall the view of her transient sufferings unnerve my firm heart and compel me to renounce the lofty plans i have so ardently so laboriously imagined at the very instant when they are changing into realities am i awake is one spark of the fire which has so long smouldered within my bosom and consumed my peace alive or am i tame and abject as my fortunes ha as my fortunes shall the spirit of my family yield for ever to circumstances the question rouses it and i feel its energy revive within me he stalked with hasty steps towards elena as if he feared to trust his resolution with a second pause he had a dagger concealed beneath his monk's habit as he had also an assassin's heart shrouded by his garments he had a dagger but he hesitated to use it the blood which it might spill would be observed by the peasants of the neighboring hamlet and might lead to a discovery it would be safer he considered and easier to lay elena senseless as she was in the waves their coldness would recall her to life only at the moment before they would suffocate her as he stooped to lift her his resolution faltered again on beholding her innocent face and in that moment she moved he started back as if she could have known his purpose and knowing it could have avenged herself the water which he had thrown upon her face had gradually revived her she unclosed her eyes and on perceiving him shrieked and attempted to rise his resolution was subdued so tremblingly fearful is guilt in the moment when it would execute its atrocities overcome with apprehensions yet agitated with shame and indignation against himself for being so he gazed at her for an instant in silence and then abruptly turned away his eyes and left her elena listened to his departing steps and raising herself observed him retiring among the rocks that led towards the house astonished at his conduct and surprised to find that she was alone 
elena renewed all her efforts to sustain herself till she should reach the hamlet so long the object of her hopes but she had proceeded only a few paces when spalatro again appeared swiftly approaching her utmost exertion availed her nothing her feeble steps were soon overtaken and elena perceived herself again his prisoner the look with which she resigned herself awakened no pity in spalatro who uttered some taunting jest upon the swiftness of her flight as he led her back to her prison and proceeded in sullen watchfulness once again then she entered the gloomy walls of that fatal mansion never more she now believed to quit them with life a belief which was strengthened when she remembered that the monk on leaving her had taken the way hither for though she knew not how to account for his late forbearance she could not suppose that he would long be merciful he appeared no more however as she passed into her chamber where spalatro left her again to solitude and terror and she heard that fateful door again barred upon her when his retreating steps had ceased to sound a stillness as of the grave prevailed in the house like the dead calm which sometimes precedes the horrors of a tempest End of chapter nineteen reading by marty chris